Welcome back to another episode, and this is episode three and the final episode between Bruce and I. This is the Avi Om experience. You know, it's funny because I don't get that a lot, you know. So as, as much as I can talk about people not really being aware working in some of these places, right. there's a lot of amazing people. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm looking for this one little stupid little thing that nobody in the world ever looks for. This one little trinket is what I need. Oh, aisle seven, three quarters of the way down, about halfway up the shelf. Oh, here, let me just take you and show you. Right. It's like, how do you even know where that's at? And amongst all these billions of products do you have? Right, but right. I don't, I've never even heard of it before, right? I mean, just something as silly as that. So, so there are a lot of people that, that are really aware of yes. what they're doing and they, they, right. you know, they want to do good work. And, right. And I think, and I think you, you hit it right there. Self-awareness, good work. You know, and, and good, I know it can be, is, is you know, it can be an opinion, you know, it was good and bad. But, you know, this person's self-awareness is, I want to know where this is at. So when someone's asking me, you know, our seven, our row seven, you know, third from the bottom shelf, and that has nothing to do, I don't think whether, obviously I just said this, but I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. It hasn't have to do with good or bad, but choosing to be aware then leads to a good result or a good exchange or a good uh, point of communication. Um, but then what if you ask this same person and they, <laughs> here I go again with this, and they point to an emoji and the emoji says, has a finger pointing like, go that way. Because that's where I think, again, that's where I think we're going, where a communication. And then you get a ticket if you speak. Well, that'd be weird, but it'd be super robotic too. I mean, I might as well be talking to a, to a computer at that point if somebody's going to point an emoji out. <laughs> that would be weird. So to put a, another whole spin on this, though, the, I think it all comes down to serving. Okay. I like that. Because we're all here to serve mm-hmm. a purpose. We're here to serve. I know I, I had this one time. It says, yeah, I want to know my purpose. I want to know why I'm here. You're here to help others. Well, why are others here? <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah. I'm just supposed to help everybody, right? I don't no, even I, know why they're here. <laughs> I, I make a joke out of that. But but we're all here to, we all have a purpose to serve. We're all here to help serve others uh-huh. in some way or capacity. Right. I mean, obviously, there are some people that are just amazing musicians where I might not be. There are other people that are amazing drivers, which I, I kind of think that I'd like to fall in that category, <laughs> but some people might tell me different, right? I mean, uh, and I hear this all the time. Well, I'm no good at this. Yeah, but you're so good at this over here. You don't have to be good at this because you have somebody that can do this for you. Right. This, this piece, don't worry about. This piece over here is irreplaceable. So um, the, the serving of others, and it comes back to the self-awareness, you know. Even when I'm driving, I, I want to serve others. I don't want to hang them all up at a light. I know they're all a bunch of busy people too, and they got places to go. So I want to get out of their way as fast as possible so they can go on about their business. So when the light changes, 
gone so that they can go or, or either that or they're still sitting at the light texting. Like, that's none of my business. Like I've got my part done. I've served. I've got out. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's amazing how you can bring that all in. Um, and we even talk about this when we go to, uh, when we go out to eat or out to, you know, just to a coffee shop or something. And we've been, we've been around the world and we've seen a lot of stuff. And there's some, some countries that are just like super, super on it about having like a counterculture, about having, uh, you know, a service, a good right. service, a good person that's going to be like all about helping you. Mm-hmm. And then we've been to places that are like, yeah, I'd like a, I'd like a medium size coffee and a light roast or, you know, just something as simple as that. And then you, you'll get a small hot chocolate or something. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. I know you didn't look at me because I looked at you the whole time, but you didn't even hear me. Right, right, right. So, you know, then you got to go back and explain it, how to get this again. So, again, it's about the service, about communication. Communication can't be one-sided. Right. Yeah, that's that's a great point. How do you feel that you're serving? Like, you know, how, what's your, you know, in your own sense, you know, not, not, not scaling you and stuff like that, but like, how do you feel is like, what's your, how is your call to serve? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm just serving up a bunch of poop emojis. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do I, what, what really do I have to offer? But then, you know, it's like, um, and I don't really need the validation from people, but I, but I get this in different, different things that I do, especially like when I teach a yoga class and not everyone was perfect. Not everyone was great and not everybody liked me. But on many occasions, I'd have people come out of class and they'd be like, oh, my God, you said like exactly what I needed. And they'd be in tears or joy or, you know, whatever. You said exactly what it. First off, let me just clarify. It wasn't me that said it. It was it was me that facilitated the communication. Um, because I, I know myself, uh, all ego aside, I would never be able to come up with some of this stuff. And I don't even remember some of it anyway. So it's like, all I can do is, you know, be like, man, I'm so glad. I'm so happy that you found uh, some type of healing or some type of message or or I'm glad that it helped you. I'm glad that you enjoyed your visit with us. Um, Yeah, where was I going with that whole thing? So the ways uh, of how you're serving it. Right. The ways that I serve, um, I've, uh, recently, well, in the last three years, I've been getting into a lot of uh, sound therapy. So didgeridoos, yeah. uh, Tibetan bowls, gongs. And I love to set them up and to take people on guided experiences mm-hmm. or um, u- utilize them in some type of a healing, right? So maybe maybe having the bowls placed next to you, maybe having the gong in the room with, with the waves of energy flowing through. Right. Also, energy work. You know, I'm a Reiki master, so mm-hmm. I do a lot of a uh, lot of energy work. Yeah, I, I serve in a lot of different ways. Right, and, and so it's it's. And what's the most? Uh, I don't say most favorite, which is sound. I know it's like you know, pick your best kid, but but uh, like what's the what's the one that aligns with you the most? Grandpa. Mm. I love serving as grandpa. That's interesting. Why don't you explain it? Go a little bit more in depth than that. Like, that's pretty cool. So it, it, it's, it's really cool. Like I said, my parents were, were awesome. 
um, growing up. My, my dad had a temper, so of course I was a boy, so I, I got the, the short end of the stick uh-huh. literally, literally most of the time, right? <laughs> so, yeah, he was serving up spankings like uh, ice cream sandwiches. And uh, as, as our grandkids are growing and I end up in some of these situations, I think to myself, I, 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 I catch myself a lot. So, you know, I'm normal, uh, per se. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, well, uh, I, maybe subjectively. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, when it, when it comes time to, um, to put the hammer down, it's like, you know, I'll catch myself. I'll be like, man, you know, I hated when my dad did that. Or, you know, I, I think about some of the things that, that I would get in trouble for. And I'd be like, I didn't, really agree or align with that way of thinking um so i I would never spank them first and foremost um i have i have wrestled the little one quite a few times wrestled him right i mean i'd wrestle him to the point where it would turn into a you know big time wrestling match and then you know there'd be smiles at the end but uh he's he's a character but uh i i think a lot about how when I grew up and ended up in those situations that I didn't like, and I don't want to put those situations onto them. Right. So there's other ways of dealing with these situations than how my dad did or how his dad did, which was, you know, I mean, that's how we learn. We learn from our parents they are our biggest educational system. We, we see them, we watch them and then we, we mimic them. And I'll make a little point about this in a minute. So, um, and I'm sure you can even look back through through your life and see who you mimicked growing up. You know these um, some of these kids they end up out on the streets running right. with gangs, and they're they're just mimicking these people that they right. think are, you know, like they, the cool, uh, cool yeah. and yeah. uplifting to them. Right. Um, and every time that I look at a situation, though, I I think, man, can I do that better? Or even if I don't catch it in that moment. I'll catch it afterwards or I'll talk with my wife, Jesslyn, you know, I'll talk to, talk to her and be like, man, how could I have done that? How could we have done this? How could this have ended up in a better situation or, uh, you know, how could we have rewired, you know, everything. And, uh, so I, I think about that with these little guys when they're growing up and it's like, you know, uh, I, I want to give them, I can't, I can't imagine. Like I've been in town for a few days now and I haven't seen them and I'm wigging out. Right. Right. Like I'm just freaked out. I haven't seen them in, you know, since the last time we were here yeah, uh, yeah. six weeks ago or whatever. And, uh, so I'm really excited to, to get together with them. But, uh, you know, I, I, like, I want to show them more love than what my parents showed me. And not that they didn't show me love, but I, I want, I want to go more into that, into that realm. I want, I, I want to be the cool grandpa. And I look back at my grandpa and I thought he was cool and I got yelled at all the time, but I don't ever remember him spanking me or anything. Right. Yeah. It's, it's probably they can't. <laughs> Almost some oh, of them, some oh, of them can't. So. Oh, he could have. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he could have. You know, and, and I think that when, when you become say a, a, a guardian, a parent, a grandparent, that's definitely an evolution of shifting. And it, it, where before it, well, you know, it didn't come so lightly, you know, like you, you know, as 
when you made the choice to become a parent, you know, it was, it was what's intent. And if it wasn't with intent, you then decided I'm going to shift and become a great parent. Uh, and what I mean, great, I mean, someone who is going to be involved, you know, and it's, and obviously now we have a lot of parents, a lot of young, you know, parents. Uh, and so now, and it's shifted where, you know, before, and shift in a way that before, you know, if you're a kid, parents, you know, hey, little Johnny, go out and play, you know, just kind of get out the house, go out and play. Where now, obviously, it's like, hey, little Johnny, here, grab this iPad, you know, and just stay right there. And granted, it, it may provide time for the parent to do whatever it is they need to do, you know, with this, with these demands of, you know, you got to pay bills, you know, you got to take little Johnny to, you know, 15 different soccer practices, you know, so you can entertain him or her, you know, you have to make sure you're on the school board. You got to, you know, sell these, these cookies, which are, you know, that's just how you, this is how you teach a kid to be a crook. You sell cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just spent like $25 on, I think like two packs of cookies. Like oh, that's, man. that's like highway robbery. I guess it's, it's anyway. They're the same cookies on whole food shelf <laughs> for cheap, you know, and, and then, and then they throw it at you. Like this is for the kids, you know? And so, yeah, you, you know, you just have to do it and you really can't debate it. You know, you can't, you, it's like, you can't not, not do it when they say it's for the kids. Cause then everyone like looks at you like, I had a yoga teacher come into a yoga class mm -hmm. with a box full of these. Oh yeah. You got to buy the whole, the chocolate bars. Oh, you got to buy them. I'm selling these for my kid in a yoga. Yeah. yeah. In a yoga class. Yeah. It, where, does, it doesn't even align, but, but you have to, and you, and not only that, but now you have to sell these bars for, you know, six bucks per bar. Highway robbery. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I say that to say this, that definitely when, when you take on the role of, you know, and I say a role, and I always use the, I'm careful to always say, use the word guardian and, and, and not parent. That's just me. But w taking these roles of guardians is, is definitely a self-aware evolution when you really look at how special and amazing that role is. It's one of, it's a really, really important role. And perhaps some people, and I can say, oh, but some people are not aware to realize the impact of such an important role in our society. More important than a teacher, more important than military, more important than a Congress or Senate or a president is the role of a guardian to a, to a, to a young soul, a young star absorbing all data points, every single data point. And for a guardian to say, not to guard against it, but to be aware of what information is being um, injected, programmed you know, absorbed by, by these sponges. Well, kids want to grow up and be like their parents. Again, they, they mimic. Yes. They, they don't hear a word you're saying because they're too busy watching what you're doing. And I know even from my experience as a kid, and I, I, I know pretty much all kids are like this. They want to be like their parents. I wanted to be like my dad. My dad worked at General Motors. I'm like, man, I want to work at General oh, Motors. Oh, that's the like, best ever. Like, I want to be just like my dad. Right. It's better and, than Radio Shack. And what I found... I don't want to be like my dad <laughs> at all. I want to be better. I want to, I want to offer more to society. I want to like, you know, I don't want to just go to work, collect my check and come home for 40 years and, and hope that I get some type of a retirement. 
where I can go enjoy my, or have some type of a health rather as well, where I can go enjoy myself doing retirement things. Um, I think, I think we have it backwards really. Oh man. We, we, yes, we work, uh, like my, my, my father worked 40 years. He was going to retire on his 40th year. He says, I'm going to retire on my 40th year. I'm like, why, why, why don't you retire on your 30th year and start enjoying life? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I'm going to retire on my 40th year. Well, about two months before he was supposed to retire, he died. Oh, right? man. So he got cancer and, and, uh, which we never even knew he had. And also that was kind of like a surprise for you guys. Well, it was a surprise for me. And I think my siblings as well. Cause I, I, I think that they just, kept everything hush hush and quiet oh, okay. kind of how my family rolled and i don't agree with that if there's a problem it's coming out like there's no rugs in my, my right, house right. right um so when when that happened you know it, it was like it hit me so like my my grandfather died a couple years before that and that hit me really hard but my, my dad was my role model right i wanted to be like my dad everything was leading me in that direction and then when, when he made his transition, it, it snapped something in me. And I was like, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to work at General Motors. I don't, I don't, I did because it's decent money for the area, but it's not really decent money when there's people out there making billions every year. That's a mere pittance, you know, to, to work there. So, and if somebody else can do it, why can't I, you know, there's, the opportunities. So anyway, so that, that rolled on to not just, uh, making a living, but to, um, to supporting the family in, in every way, shape and form, you know, to, to be able to take these little guys and teach them, teach them ways, uh, and, and not so much even teaching them like my mother, she allowed me the option to find my own way. I mean, I'd get in trouble and she'd shove me in the corner with the Bible and say, you, you go over there and read that and see what you get out of it. But it wasn't like, you read this Bible and memorize it. It was like, just see what you get out of it. And I'd read it and I'd come back. I don't remember what all the conversations were, but it was good enough for her. And, uh, you know, so I wasn't forced into any um, religion per se, uh, just allowed to find my own way. And, uh, I want to, I want to give the uh, the grandkids the opportunity to be all that they can be, what they came here for. I don't, I don't want them living my life. I don't want them um, learning from me, per se. I mean, there's certain things that they they do need to learn about, but I want them to discover on their own who they are, what they're meant, uh, you know, meant to be here for. The older one, Michael, um, since he was. Uh, since he was old enough to talk like he said some amazing things that just make you think that he's not really from here right uh you know he's he's always just saying these incredible things like um like you would hear come from like psychics or like mm -hmm. mediums and mm -hmm. stuff like this and it started freaking our daughter ashley out a little bit and and we were to a point in in our journey where we kind of understood a lot more of what was going on with him. So we encouraged her to let him be and discover in his own way. And this kid's just amazing, just a little lover. And like, you know, he, he was raising some cane in the backseat of the car one day and 
His mom turns around. She says, Michael, Michael, you've been acting like this all day. You need to stop. She spins around. He says, you've been being pretty all day. I mean, he's just like this. He's <laughs> right. just amazing. Right, right, right. And, uh, and then the little one, Dawson, he's just, oh, he's a radical boy. He's a rebel. He doesn't care what you say. He's going to, I mean, he, he listens, you know, and, and I've had to, had to teach him, you know, that there's going to be pain with some of these decisions, and I can help you through some of those before you receive that pain because I was hard-headed, and I had to go through it too. But uh, I think he's here to, I think he's here to start some controversy and, and to make some changes in this world. Like he's just got that rebel to him. Right. And that's, what's probably going to be required. You know, they say that these that are coming in are, are, you know, they're being geared up because, you know, obviously what we're leaving is, right. is not it's a mess. Yeah. It's, 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 but you know, and it, it, it has to be, I won't say it has to be well. The human, the human egoic way is that it has to be this way. Now, you know, spiritually aware, no, it doesn't. You know, we can make the choice to shift, but however, most of us shift, you know, through some point of of suffering, and I don't mean suffering like agonizing pain, but you know, again, even the loss of someone can be a a a, a point of suffering. You know, and we become aware from that you know, from that suffering to say, you know what, life is short. And I mean, the, what, as retirement is now 67? Like, what are you going to do at, at 67? Now, I'm not saying that you can't do anything because, you know, the what, new 30 or for whatever midlife now is, can be in the 60s, really, you know, with, with the extension of life that's being that provided to us. But with that knowledge, it's only a matter of time before they say, well, hold on, people are living longer. So now let's boost up the retirement to, uh, you know, 75, you know, yeah, shove a walker under them and right. an oxygen pack. Right. And then let them, carry around. And and it's, let them explore the world that, with that, you know, with the retirement. I mean, but realistically at 67, obviously it makes, you know, you can do a lot more at, you know, 40, 50, 55, maybe even than you can at, at 67, provided that you are, you know, in, you've taken care of yourself and, and I so agree. I, I think we need to really shift our, our way of um, how we view what retirement is, you know, and what, at what point do we then decide to you know, enjoy life now. And now part four of the Aviome experience with Mr. Bruce from The Matrix. Chop, chop, chop. Let's, uh, let's talk about UFO technology. I always leave the best for last. <laughs> Supposedly, there have been things like the transistor that, you know, they're actually saying now that it was uncovered that the transistors we use is part of UFO technology, as well as um, fiber optics. Fiber optics has now been um uh this has been released has been said that it's uh fiber optics is not of this world of this realm and um and we're still not utilizing the 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 capacity of it and if you figure the the you know the the what we know of the crashes that have taken place now jesus 70 80 
years ago. Oh, you mean the Roswell crash yeah. that didn't happen? Right, that never in happened the, in, in the Mex- balloon. In the Mexico one that didn't happen. Happened before that one, yeah. That um, the government didn't grab and take to a, no. a fake place called Area 51 that's no. not anywhere close no, to Nevada. Nowhere close to nowhere, even though everyone knows it's there. <laughs> and they say that the uh, fiber optics um, technology actually came from, from there as well. Well, probably LEDs did too. Yes, all of that. But, but this is the more fascinating stuff. Oh, the Germans. You know, I think we t- touched a little bit on that, but, you know, even they have, um, you know, we're uncovering ways of, you know, creating um, planes that were shaped in saucer type of, uh, you know, shapes. And when, you know, and when asked, they said that they were receiving these ideas from others not of this world is how it was it's uh kind of documented and you say well what do you mean by that and of course they you know that's all you get because the rest of the document is is blacked out you know but you know as i look around i see this technology and i think that yeah we are pretty ahead of it but the fact that a we don't know how to use it properly and two that this is not nearly the technology that is really that we're not seeing you know, because imagine the, how it would, and I think we might have talked about this last time. Imagine if you're coming out with a clean source of energy, right? And it's, it's, it's being little, very little, you know, it, Elon Musk and with battery and solar power and all this other stuff. But how much disruption do you create for the entire world when you say, okay, I don't need to gas up my vehicle anymore. Hey, consumers energy. Thank you, but no thanks. We're just going to go 100% solar. You know, thank you, consumers. We don't need you that much anymore either. And imagine... Um, the world we've, we've created is dependent on the exchange of a service done with cash, basically green paper, green paper, green paper. That's all it is. That's all it is. You know, just, it's, a, it's a representative of an, of an energy that doesn't even exist anymore. It's, it's right. We've <laughs> put so much faith in, in belief in, in, in our own, um, we've agreed to it. You know, you and I have agreed to it and, you know, we've agreed a $5 bill is a $5 bill. And I go to, you know, to a restaurant and I agree with that person, the $5 bills, this $5 bill, they give me a check for $5. I can't give them a dollar and walk out. You know, they'd be like, whoa, 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 we didn't agree <laughs> with that. We agreed with $5 is a $5 not $5 and you give me one. And, um, the agreement of, of that, but the, this, again, I go back to the disruption of the world when these technologies, which is happening now, you know, they're beginning to be revealed, you know, as far as self-driving vehicles and, you know, um, which I mean, Uber is not a technology. It's a technology of service, but not necessarily technology of, of a piece of product that's going to make us reconsider, you know, what do we do next with all these truck drivers, you know, in, in the Americas, United States, you know, it's the highest um, employee job is, is truck driving. You know, and they're already testing that if it, successfully. So I may add, you know, in Germany, they've, they had a convoy. I think I've said this before to you with um, Budweiser. I think it was Budweiser. It was a beer. They did a convoy well, it of trucks. It has to be a beer. All right. right Cause <laughs> they're the ones, right. Um, but you know, and, and what about when we don't need oil anymore? You know, we don't need oil anymore. Imagine my vehicle now that doesn't require oil. The batteries won't die. And now I can keep this vehicle for 20 years, you know? which is some, you, some would argue you can keep some vehicles for that long if you take care of it. But imagine when you don't have to put oil in it, 
You don't need no more vehicles. This is the last vehicle you'll ever buy. You know, this is the last phone you'll ever need. You know, this is the last, you know, computer you'll ever have. How come they can't make a computer that lasts, you know, a week long? How come they can't make a phone that can last a week long? Right? Well, I don't think it's a matter of they can't make it to last. I think it's a matter of they have the technology to, like, like the technology is all already so far advanced, mm-hmm. but they have to go there in steps. Mm-hmm. What do you because, mean? Because of commercialism. Oh, yes. So, so okay. if, yeah. if they just gave you the top thing that's going to last forever and you're never going to, like, telepath, right? Let's, let's, just, let's just fly right to telepathic. So if they have the technology to be telepathic, to teach us to be te- telepathic, and I can communicate with you without using words or emojis, if that technology is there and they gave you that technology, think of all the billions and trillions they'd lose in the interim. So they got to step you there. Oh, well, we got this. We got the iPhone one. Oh, wait a minute. Next year, we got the iPhone two. Yes. What, what are we, the iPhone double X, triple yes. something, whatever. The 10. Whatever. Well, the it's the, it's the, the one that's the size of a car battery. The one I have, 10X Max. <laughs> yeah. And so make sure you say 10 and not X. So when did you get that? As soon as it came out, I was, I was there, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like drooling and, and I had to get it. In the next year, right. they're going to have the new one that you're going to have to have. I'm going to have to get that too. Because they're smart enough to where right. they only give you a certain amount of memory. And when that memory is done, your phone's done. It's done. And then when they do an update, guess what, guess what happens when they do an update that you have to have? Yes. You have to have the update. You have slows to take down, it. Slows down the phone. And then that jams up more of the memory, which slows down the phone and the processor. So everything's a step leading you to that direction. Right. So now they made billions on the first phone. They made billions on the second phone. They had all that technology. Mm. They had it. Mm -hmm. And they've got more. Right. But they can't just give you more. They have to take you there in steps. I mean, you just don't go up to a building and automatically you're on the 52nd floor. You've got to either take the steps or an elevator and go through a process to get there. Right. And and I wonder is it because you don't feel that we, that humanly we're, we're ready to, to, to be there so quickly. Oh no, I wouldn't say that it's that at all. I think it's the commercialism of it. It's the money. It's the the green paper. Right. Right. Everybody has to have. So, I mean, we, we go to work, we work all day. The end of the week, we get our check. And then we make our decisions on where that check's going to go. Well, who's go- who's going to have the most pull to where your money's going to go? The beer companies, King of Beers, Head for the Mountains, you know, whatever the cute little river in the Colorado. Right. Cool voice guy. Oh yeah. You know, with the water, it's just trickling. It's so yeah, it's, made it's so from nice the pure blue. Rockies water. Oh yeah. Why wouldn't you just drink the pure Rockies water then? Right. Instead Better of that, for you. I take a shower every time I I see that commercial. <laughs> But I mean, you, you, you think about this and it's like, it's like every, every time that a commercial comes on, so TV, and there's a driving force behind it because most, most households have TVs and most of them have them on all day long. If not babysitting, pacifying, relaxing to, I need to unwind my mind. You know, people are always in front of their TVs, always getting the information. Um, even my father-in-law, he says, you don't have a TV in your house. How do you know what's going on? You got to have a TV. And I says, if it's important enough, somebody's going to tell me. Well, you got to have the news. I don't need, uh, no. 
I don't need negativity in my life. The continually negative network does not come into my home. So we don't have the TV. I mean, obviously we got a TV and we watch uh, movies of our choice uh, when we want to, but we don't prescribe or subscribe to any channels of programming because uh, we just don't need it in our lives. We're too busy for that. But if it's important enough, somebody's going to tell me, oh man, there's, there's a big storm coming. Okay, yeah, maybe I should look into that a little bit or whatever. You know, it's like, if it's not important to me, not important oh sally from across the world uh cut two car windows open right <laughs> i don't know who sally is i don't know anything about the car window but i'm pretty sure whoever's over there is taking care of the situation right it's being taken care of it's none of my business right um so you can see where that could lead us down a whole other road and another rabbit hole too but anyways back to the technology so the the, the commercialism they advertise we see the advertising Coca-Cola. There's a good one. Oh my God, it's got the cute little bears. Oh yeah. Oh, I've got to, the, I've got yeah, to have a Christmas. Coca-Cola. Oh, oh yeah. So now I'm voting every time that I spend my money, I'm voting for that. I'm voting for Coca-Cola to be the best. Mm. I'm voting for Coca-Cola to keep on. You take, want them to win. Keep on taking my money. Right. Take my money. So we vote every time that we buy something, we vote for that product. We we have to have cars. We have to get around. So we're voting for high price gas. We're we're voting for the oil manufacturers. Like it's just something that we do. We're we're programmed to do this. And you know, it's like the the technology now with the batteries. Right? Mm-hmm. They they got electric cars. Electric cars might be really great in California, but you can only go like 120 miles on a charge and then you're done. Right. And then you plug it in. Right. And now you got to wait. Yeah, you're waiting for a <laughs> long time. So could you imagine a trip across the United States on one of these cars? It would take you a month of Sundays. Half <laughs> 120 miles, plug it in, get a hotel room. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and on we go. But uh, the, they're, they're even finding out now that these cars, are they're not really good for well, this state for sure in, in the winter time, like uh, the cold's going to drain your battery. I, I find that when I go out to start my car, it, it loves where I live, nice warm weather, or even when it gets a little cooler, but out here, man, this thing cranks a little hard. So these batteries ain't going to last as long. So there's got to be something other than batteries. There's got to be something other than the electric power. And I think they know that, but they have to take us there in a progressive manner so that they can make all the money so we can keep voting for that and keep voting for general motors because chevy runs deep right 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 <laughs> <laughs> no but you but you no, but i agree with you that you know the, the system that we've created has been one that's been built on on greed right egoic greed it's been built on you know who has more and i've always said this and and i continue to say this i continue to you know, really be exposed to it more often is the way to uh, mute the ego or the way to uh, make it shout, become less and less in our ear and become more of a whisper is to remove the word more. And I want to say that more can be an egoic word. And by removing the word more, the ego begins to kind of loosen it's, it's particle structure to a point where 
it doesn't have that much influence over us, you know, more and more and more. And you can maybe perhaps put that context into anything and, and still be associated to an extent with ego, you know, and I want to heal more people now. Yeah, that's great. You want to heal more people, but who's the one that's saying more? Like, why isn't healing one person, you know, complete fulfillment, you know? And so it can go back and forth, you know, because it's not necessarily that more is, is evil because it's not. But what I am saying is to be becoming aware that more is associated with that, with that kind of egoic energy. And you have to be real careful how you're navigating the idea of more, you know, and it comes in what we're talking about, you know, it's, it's with money, more money, you know, it, again, we know these, these, um, you know, sometimes these players in these contracts, you know, no, $27 million is not enough. I need more, you know? Um, and so we've come to this point that, you know, what is enough? It's interesting because we could go down a whole nother rabbit hole with this conversation. Like we haven't but, so right. far. But like you said, the, the, um, more isn't evil. Mm-hmm. So we could stop right there. What is evil and what is not evil? Well, we've been programmed a certain way to believe that certain things are evil. I remember from, from early on, early on, right? I'm brushing my teeth as a kid. My mom says, don't swallow the toothpaste. It's evil. I says, well, why, why, why not swallow? And I asked her this. I remember this conversation. Why wouldn't I? What's going to happen if I swallow it? Well, it's poisonous. You don't want to swallow it. I said, what makes it poisonous? Well, it's the fluoride. You can't swallow the fluoride because it's poisonous. Well, I don't even want to brush my teeth now because <laughs> I don't want this crap in my mouth. Right, you might I, die. I don't want poison in me. Right. It just sounded so asinine. Right, and they make it taste so good. But they put fluoride, they put a known poisonous chemical into something that we use and program us that it's good for us twice a day every day and they put it in our water they put it like like i'm just saying from a young kid's standpoint i i I remember i was probably like five years old i was young like i was super young and i asked her i said well why would i put this in my mouth if it's poison and she didn't have an answer right don't ask me that son she didn't say that but she didn't have an answer. Oh, she didn't even say that. But she didn't know. No. Because she was programmed as well. I mean, All we, right. But, right. but something in me sparked something in her to be like, hey, maybe, maybe something ain't right there. So when we start looking at what's good and bad, well, it's what have we been programmed to think is good and bad? Mm. So let's, let's, go, let's go to another, another milestone in my life was three-wheelers, right? Mm-hmm. So my dad got me this three-wheeler. Man, I rode the crap out of this thing. I had a ball. But I, I died on this thing. Like, I hit a tree and was dragged to the hospital and drugged through the hospital and, and died and came back. And that will be a whole other story maybe sometime. Um, and uh, in that process, you know, it made me look at things a lot different too. And, and everybody would always tell me, you know, when I come home, they're like, yeah, them three-wheelers are dangerous, man. Them three-wheelers will kill you. Them three-wheelers, three-wheelers, three I'm programmed to tell you that three-wheelers are evil. I'm programmed to tell you that, uh, that fluoride is good. 
I'm programmed to tell you this. I'm programmed to believe this way, that this is evil and this is bad. So then we come into this era, right? Guns. Let's, let's just speak on that. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that are scared to speak about this subject. I grew up with guns when I was five years old. I was behind a 44 Magnum, not by myself. Right, right. But I, is, I can remember shooting. Is that and the I, Clint Eastwood one? Yeah, it's with a, a giant pretty, pretty high power one. Yeah. yeah. But I was, uh, I was brought up around guns, so I know, I know guns. I know how to shoot them. I know how to clean them. I know how to tear them down. I know how to put them back together. I know how to respect them. I mm. know what they're capable of, and right. I know that when you pull the trigger, whatever's on the other end of it is right. never coming back. Right. So I've learned from, from the time I was small, I was programmed to understand how to utilize this piece of machinery in the right manner. Am, am I going to say I'm a stone cold killer? No, no. I, I hunted for a while and I shot a rabbit one time and I thought to myself, man, how can I even do that? So I quit hunting at that point. Right, right, right. But on the other end, if I got somebody pointing a gun in my face and I, if I, I'm going to die, I don't think I'd have a corf. Self-preservation. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. We're, we are programmed for self-preservation. I mean, that's kind of an instinctual thing. That's not even really programmed, but we're, 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 we're designed to take care of ourselves. So if somebody's pointing a gun at you, your natural reaction is going to take care of yourself. It's not, oh, I guess it's the end of the road. Right. It's going to be rainbows and stars forever. Right. But imagine how point of awareness, if that were the answer. Wow. You know, if you're pointing that at Maharishi, Ma- Maharishi, I don't think is going to do like a flying roundhouse kick, you know, and to knock the thing out, the, the gun out of the person's or weapon or anything, but rather just look at Jesus. Did he resist even though he knew what he was going to, what was going to happen? No, he didn't. Gandhi as well. Right. You know, Gandhi walked a, walked a whole fortress of people right in there and, you know, a lot of people died. Right. But. You know, as, as far as, as far as back to that topic of what's mm-hmm. been evil. Right, right. So, so I'm kind of building a whole timeline here. So the gun, you know, I mean, we've had some mass shootings and, and I, I agree that that's not good. That's not good, but it's not the gun's fault. I'm, I'm just telling you, I've grown up with them since the time I was five. I shot guns growing up when I was a kid, guns that I shouldn't have had. No business shooting, mm-hmm. but I knew how to operate them. Mm-hmm. Never had an issue. Never hurt a, never hurt a, a person. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I learned to quit hurting animals as well. But what I'm saying is when, when the gun's sitting against the wall, it's harmless. It's just a, just a piece of material. The three-wheeler's sitting out in the garage. It's just a piece of equipment. It's not hurting anybody. It's not the equipment. It's not the devices. Of course, they might have been created with some bad intentions, some of them with good intentions. It, 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 neither here nor there. They're inanimate objects. They're not going to hurt him. It's the knuckleheads that get behind them. I, I was the knucklehead that got behind the three-wheeler. I had lots of friends that drove three-wheelers a lot more ruthless than I did, and they were fine. Never had an issue. But for some reason, I had an issue. Yes. So I was the knucklehead right. behind it. So again, it's not the guns, it's a knucklehead behind them. Some people hunt 
I don't have a problem with people that hunt animals to feed their families or, or whatever, you know, I mean, um, I, I got a little problem with people killing like rhinos and stuff like that for sport. I, right, I've right. got big problems with that, but I don't have a problem with people, um, thinning mass herds. I mean, think about this. If there weren't any hunters, you can't kill any animals. Well, guess what? You're not going to be driving your car very fast. You're not going to be driving 80 mile an hour down the highway talking, texting on your cell phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> because chances are you're going to have herds of deer just running through. So there has to be a natural processing. So getting back to what's good and evil, it's what we're programmed to be. We're programmed. Money, I've heard this over and over again. Money's evil. Evil, yeah. I've heard Mo- that too. Money's evil. Right. Really? I had somebody tell me that, and I, I threw a $100 bill down on the floor, and they picked it up, and I said, what are you doing? Well, picking up not, that money. Yeah, it's not that evil. Hey, it's evil. <laughs> it's evil. Put it there. Just watch it for a minute. They put it back down. We watched it, and I said, point, point out where it's evil. It's not doing anything. Again, it's not the money. It's not the inanimate object. It's a knucklehead behind it. Right. It's the user, and, and you're, you're 100% correct. and. You know, when it comes to that and, and even with the shootings and things like that, it's more, it, it's, it goes back to the very, you know, first part of this conversation with the self-awareness and empathy and, and even our school system, you know, where is the course on emotional intelligence that when we can be in tune with a student who's going through a troubling time, not, you know, understanding their own self-awareness or their own empathy to say, hey, let's talk and, and let's kind of navigate this path together because most of these, you know, younger kids feel that the way to communicate is not through an emoji, but it's through pain. It's through hurt. And so I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling hurt. So the only way I know how to communicate this is to hurt other people. So now let me see how I can do that. Oh, I can go to Walmart. Yes. Walmart. I've been incarcerated, you know, 13 times with mental health things, but yes, you know, I'll wait two days or whatever it is to, to, you know, to get my hands on this weapon in some cases, not all cases, uh, you know, and now let me take this and, and let me, you know, heal my pain by, you know, creating pain for others. And, and ultimately, you know, whether or not that's their process of thought, I, I don't know, but I do feel and sense from, from, you know, perspective wise is that they feel that they're, they're providing a sense of, healing even if it's if even if they're doing it just so they can get their name out there they still feel it's a, it's a some inner sense of healing for them that we don't understand because of course we wouldn't do that meaning you know you and i um but it go like you're saying i mean it's it's not any weapon it can be a pencil right it's it's not it's not it's the object is it just is and it's the intent behind that object and if we're not dealing with these mental health issues properly you know speaking to people properly and it you know again it's the responsibility of the guardian first and foremost to be in tune with their you know with their um you know their their children relatives you know you know nieces cousins whatever it is it's their responsibility first and foremost and and not the responsibility of of a screen or a teacher or a police officer or a fireman you know, and granted it can come in that order after the guardian is involved. And it just sometimes boggles my mind how sometimes these guardians are unaware of the, you know, 
of the misalignment, you know, type of where when this happens, the first thing they always say is, I don't know how Johnny could have done that, you know, but yet Johnny did that. And it wasn't like Johnny went out like with a little, I mean, Johnny went out with a giant bang, you know, it was like, you know, um, taking the life of, of anyone for this matter of, it's just, I can't even fathom that. So let me take this even further. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple different thoughts I have here and one will probably lead to the other or more, most likely it will communication, bringing it back to the whole communication thing. Right. So I, I grew up shooting guns my whole life. I grew up, but I was communicated with don't, don't do this. Don't put your finger on the trigger. Don't shoot. Don't, you know, I was, I was, um, I was educated on that system. I was educated. I was, I was taught how to utilize that properly. I think there's a there's a big lack of communication in the world, especially with parents. And I, I'm not I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying that this world has come to the place where we've created technology. Technology takes over for the people. The people are displaced from their work environments. Now now two people in that family have to go out and find jobs just to support their their um, overinflated life. I mean, come on, like. We are overinflated as a world. Like, there's no reason that you should have to pay $200 for a pair of sunglasses. Right, right, right. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Tripping. So, communication. So, they don't communicate. What do the kids want the most? They don't want to hear words. They, they're busy watching what you're doing. They want attention. Right, right. Kids want attention. Hmm. Any attention is better than no attention. So most kids act out to get attention. Again, like you said, oh, yeah, this is my 13th time in, in Target stealing things. They're just looking for attention. They're, they're lashing out looking for attention. Somebody is going to pay attention to them. If it's not their guardian, somebody's going to pay attention to them. And then eventually when nobody pays attention to them and that gets built up big enough, then they go on to the other things. Which brings me to the bullying thing. Again, no communication. No communication telling how to get to the point to stop the bullying. And I remember in school, like I, I had one dude that he just bullied me all the time. And I walked away. I always just walked away. And I wasn't really taught that. I wasn't really taught the other way. I just kind of had to figure things out myself. And... and <clears throat> And I never really told anybody, but you know, after years and years of this, this probably went on like six years through school or something. Oh, wow. And one day we were walking down between the buses and he come up on me and he started like smacking my heels and my shoes, you know, jumping on the heels, of my yeah, shoes, yeah. saying some stuff and something in me snapped. Right. I spun around and I took his neck against the bus and said a few words. Oh, and choke him I, I turned around, walked away. Never, never, ever, ever heard from this dude ever again. Oh, wow. Ever. I don't know. It was a number of years out of, out of the high school. I finally run into him. He's like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, Good. No problem. Yeah, yeah, the choking never. event never came up. Never come up. But, <laughs> but the point was that I stood up for myself. First and foremost, I had enough awareness to stand up for myself. I mean, if, if, 
probably if it had been bad enough, I, you know, I had situations where I went and talked to my parent, uh, my guardians. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, problems got resolved or whatever, but I mean, that was one in particular that I didn't feel it was bad enough. I mean, there wasn't anything brutal or pain. It was just, you know, and antagonizing. And that, that was the day that they antagonized. You know, you know, fun, fun story. I gotta say this before I, I forget you saying this. So I came across a bully and you're right. That's, that's a huge issue too. Um, you know, I was talking to someone, he kind of just butted in and he said something. Then I said something, he caught me off guard, punched me in the stomach. Ooh, got me good. I was like, Ugh. went to the teacher and, and, you know, they said, get back in the line. You know, basically I'm like, oh, so got back in line. I'm like, and so I would watch this kid bully some other people. I still remember there's a New York, you know, Christmas kind of not Christmas, but I know snow and stuff like that. We go toward to the block to this other block. And of course he lives on this block. They didn't know that, you know, snowball fights going on, whatever. Next thing you know, you know, he's, oh, you know, talking cause you know, he's losing the snowball fight. And so it's just like you, something just triggered in me, man. And I just jumped on this dude and I just wailed on him. And what was interesting and those listening, I don't know if anyone listening watches wrestling, but this is when, you know, you're winning a fight. I, I did. So we got into a fight, rolled around on the ground. He was on the ground. Now picture this stomach is on the ground. I got on his back and I did the camel clutch. And so, you know, I take one arm around my, so I, I sit on the lower part of his back and I just started pulling back like the iron sheik, just camel clutching away. And somehow, so this other kid comes and he's even doing a count. Now I feel, now I feel like I'm in a wrestling match and, and, and everyone's cheering and they're laughing. The kid is crying. You know, of course at that age, I mean, I can't, you know, well, maybe I could, I don't know, but I don't think I was strong enough to like break backs or something like that. But just, the, but that height and that, and that whole, uh, you know, that whole, like, like victory dance that I was feeling in that moment. Um, and I say that to say this, that, you know, obviously from that day, you know, obviously I let him go, whatever he's crying and he just went in from that day. I never saw him bully anyone ever again. And, um, it, you know, and of course I'm thinking I'm going to get in trouble. His parents are going to come over and this and that. And as, and as I see that now, I bet his, his, his parents or his guardians didn't even know he was doing that. Like, I mean, bullying people and he was just, and, and for whatever reason, bullies, at least this one, he, girls, boys, it didn't matter. You know, typically he was, he was, a, he was a boy and, you know, think you typically would just do other, you know, boys or whatever, but he was across the board. He did boys and girls. He didn't care. And like you're saying attention. And so the attention that I decided to give him was the iron chic uh, camel clutch. And it was like, okay, you know, this is the attention that you're going to receive when you act this way. And again, this is one kid to another, right? Cause not wise enough to, to come across it a different way. But you know, the truth is, is that, and that's another thing is that in our society, it's about, you know, um, the attention an attention economy. That's what we are. How can I grab your attention? And so, you know, this is what these kids are doing, but they're doing it in this way. Instead of let me grab your attention by creating the cure to cancer. Instead there, let me grab your attention because you're not paying attention and I'm hurt. So now I'm going to hurt other people. So to take that to the next step, now they're wanting the attention. They're not getting it. So they're looking for negative attention. 
They're playing video games. They're being pacified, babysat by their video games. Most video games have their wars. They're killing and shooting with guns. So they're not taught about guns. They're just shooting guns in their, I mean, even my grandson, the first thing he wants to do, he grabs a little shotgun at the arcade and wants to start shooting. He wants to start blasting little squirrels. It's natural in kids to want to shoot things. So, so they don't have the intelligence of how to operate a real one. And they're used to playing video games. They're not taught that, you know, when you pull that trigger, it's done. Like it's over. And so now they're after this negative attention. Now, this is where it really gets kind of messed up and really messy. And, and I can put this blame on a lot of the guardians, per se, because a lot of these kids end up with guns, the real ones. And where do we get, you know, where do these kids get these guns from? Somebody's responsible for getting these kids guns or not taking care of their guns to where the kids can get them and have easy access to them. See, everybody wants to skirt around, and, and, and I'm not saying I advocate them or not. You know, I'm, I'm neither for or against them. Um, I've, I've got a wide range of views on these. But when, when these shootings happen, everybody's like, oh, God, the big black scary gun, let's ban them. Okay, so that means the military is going to ban them too? Right, it has to be a world agreement. And, and the crooks are going to ban them? So you're saying you're going to you're going to take them away from everybody and nobody's going to have the big scary black gun anymore. Unfortunately, that's not the way it works. Unfortunately, they go in and they create laws for people like myself that understand them and in you know people that I know that hunt with them um you know they they make them harder and harder for them to own them or or you know take them away from them or whatever. But we're not looking at who's responsible we're getting the gun in this child's hand. How did that happen? Let's look, let's start there. Like when you have a problem, you don't, you don't be like, oh, there's a problem. Well, the problem came from here. No, the problem stemmed from way down the road and you didn't take care of that and it snowballed and now you ended up with that. Like you gotta, you gotta look back to the beginning and see where everything went wrong to that point. I mean, your, your car didn't just drive down the road and blow up. Oh, it just blew up. It, it it was just broke. No. Nope. You forgot to put oil in it, and you've been driving it for 3,000 miles that way. <laughs> That's the reason that it broke. You know, so, I mean, you have to, you have to go through a process of, uh, you know, the elimination of, okay, well, what happened? What, what brought us to this? So no communication, no attention, video games pacifying, aggressive video games. So now the aggressive attention-seeking methods, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, there's, there's that thing that I play in the game. I'm going to go out and see if I can play this game in the real world. And I've heard this happening with kids with cars too. Oh, I wanted to see what Grand Theft Auto was like. It's not the same. Um, so then they end up with this, this whole mess that they're in, and then instead of going back to where it began, tracing that trail and taking care of that issue. Now they've, they've sent it out around the world and said they're all bad. Money's evil. Mm-hmm. You know, three wheelers. Are, yeah. 
or evil. Everything is is categorized in the same Every, thing. Everything else is the problem, excepting the problem. No, let's fix let's fix that problem. Why why did this kid do this? Look back through his history, and I I don't know these kids' histories. I don't know. I haven't researched it. I'm 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 assuming that there was something that built up to that because I can't. I can't imagine that some kid would just grab a gun and naturally go and exactly, people. exactly, or know where the keys are to get him out of the gun safe or whatever, whatever the yeah. deal is. There's there there's a whole lot of problems that brought us to that point, but nobody wants to look at those problems. They want to look at the one thing, and it always makes you wonder why that one thing. Because it's probably the easiest thing to to fix. Does it fix anything no. though? Exactly. Right. So there's a so there's a bigger agenda. If you look past that, there's got to be a bigger agenda. You can look back to back to the Germans with their flying saucers. We'll bring it all the way back. There. Yeah. Look at them with their flying saucers. Where'd they get that technology? From the Vril? Who's the Vril? Mm. I have no so, idea. So they say the Vril. Well, this this is this is some interesting topics here. So the Vril are said to be um, from the center of the earth. Just putting this out, this is kind of stuff that I've picked up. Right. I, I don't say I'm in agreement or not. Right. It's, it's all amazing to me. But the Vril were some people um, from the center of the earth that came out and shared this technology with the Germans. Or did they come from outer space and they're flying saucers? But anyways, somehow the Germans ended up building flying saucers during the World War II era. Um, they were called the uh, Vimyana. Sounds familiar, yeah. So, something right, like right. that. V something or another. And uh, there's, there's all kinds of records of the pilots seeing these things flying. And um, Admiral Byrd, he did a couple tours down to Antarctica. Operation uh, Paperclip, Operation High Jump. So when he was down there, he, he took hordes, hordes of ships and equipment and people with him down there. And he's got some, uh, some amazing records of what's happened. Some of this was televised. Like you, you just can't get rid of the video, right? You can't, can't get rid of the televised stuff where he's talking about flying things that could fly from pole to pole in just a matter of no time at all. Um, talked about flying out past the South Pole. Well, what do you mean past the South Pole? That's what I said. What? Like I just got sucker punched. What do you mean past the South Pole? From what direction? It don't make sense. Anyways, out past the South Pole, he was seeing... Um, you know, where it's Antarctic, right? Where it's like minus 40 and without the wind chill. But out past the South Pole, he started seeing warm lakes and green grass, and woolly mammoths. Look this stuff up, man. I'm not making right, this right. stuff up. No, I know. It's interesting. It is. So, yeah. so how did the Germans get this technology? And where did they take the technology after World War II? Was it the Germans who built the technology. I mean, the Germans built some cool crap. Yeah, they did. Saying, and they still kind of do. I'm just saying, they built some cool stuff. So did they build them, and then somehow we got them? We stole it. 
Did we steal it? I would say yeah. Or did they get it from outer space? They got it from or, outer space and we were stealing it from them. Or did the Vril give them information about them? Or did they crash and we back engineered them? I mean, there's so many different ways that you could you could go with that. And it's probably all of it. Yeah, all of the above. Quite honestly. Right. But even even in these reports, they they say um, a lot of these things that I've read will tell how uh, Hitler got away from Germany in a sub and went down to Antarctica where they had bases set up underground, under ice bases set up, building these flying saucers. Oh, yeah. Or utilizing them. For sure. The, I don't know. So we're going to do this then. We're going to, um, that's a good way to end this podcast because now we're going to do a third or a fourth podcast at this point. And we're going to call it the investigations of Antarctica. And that's where, and that's where we will go next. So for those who are listening, uh, why don't you let people know where they can uh, contact you or, or, or see your information. I know I we last time we said website and I didn't put the website on. So why don't you go ahead and drop your websites on, on the mic here so that the people listening can, can check you out. All right. So my name is Bruce Gilbank. And oh yeah. By the way. Know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that introduction. No, I'm messing with um, Yeah, so you can, you can find me on Facebook easy enough. Uh, you can find me, um, the Cosmic Healer, uh, CosmicHealingArts.com. Uh, you can check me out there. Probably find some interesting stuff there as well. Right, and I'll make sure that's in the show notes too. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot about me. Um, that might fascinate you and then you might see other things that might not fascinate you but just know that i come from a place of um, a place of love and a place of discovery more so you know even like my grandson taking us taking a small little walk everything's a discovery everything so i mean i i i can i can discover everything from the topic of guns to ufos and everything in between and i'm not saying i agree or disagree with anything but i love to learn and and i seek seek understanding that's the only way that's the truly way to communicate is to is to seek understanding i've had people tell me things my whole life and i question them always got questions question everything i'm just telling you guys question everything you take nothing else away from anything in any of these podcasts forever question everything don't take my word for it question it research it peace <laughs>